Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Artie Snippets, season three, episode two. And officially, I'm just gonna call it the summer series because why not? Um, super excited to be back. I don't know if I ever said this on my last episode, but we're gonna do bi-weekly episodes over the summer um, for sustainability purposes of life kind of getting back to normal. So if you were confused on why there wasn't an episode last week, every other Wednesday expect an episode, but we have some awesome guests coming up and just super excited to dive into the episode today. Last episode, you might have heard me mention that one of our new sponsors is Momentus, and I'm so thrilled to have them on board. And I love that they're supporting aspiring sports dietitians and current sports dietitians, and I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about them today. For those of you that don't know, Momentus is a premium sports nutrition brand making incredibly clean products that are third-party certified, which is a must. I've become a huge fan of their best-selling product, the collagen peptides. I know collagen is everywhere on every grocery store shelf, but this is the real deal. Momentus includes a type of collagen in their formula called Fortigel, made up of type 1 and type 2 collagen, and is sourced from pasture-raised German bovide hide. Fortigel has been designed and tested specifically to promote collagen synthesis in tendons and ligaments. There is 15 grams of collagen in every serving and vitamin C, which helps improve collagen synthesis and absorption. This product is seriously a no-brainer addition to your athlete's and personal routine, and your joints will thank you. For RD Snippet listeners, Momentus is offering 20% off your first purchase of $40 or more when you use the code RDSnippets at checkout. Check out their website and their collagen peptides at livemomentous.com, and don't forget to use the code RDSnippets, R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S for 20% off your first purchase of $40 or more. Keep in mind, all recommendations on this podcast are made in my personal capacity and no recommendations on this podcast are made in the context of my professional employment. Thank you so much to Momentus for sponsoring this episode and let's dive in and meet our guest. You don't know the value of experience because you don't have experience. Like, but that's okay. But that's okay. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Arty Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession, snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm super excited to have Seb Zorn today on the podcast. Seb talks all about what it's like to be a sports dietitian at the collegiate and pro level, tips for students that want to work specifically with football, and Seb shares his most cringeworthy sports RD moment that you won't want to miss. Sebastian co-founded the Cal Poly Sports Nutrition Program while studying there for his undergrad. He then worked at Ohio State where he completed his master's while working with the Ohio State football team for two years. He then did a fellowship with the Chicago Bears under Jen Gibson. Following that, he became a team sports dietitian for the University of Illinois and aided the team to their first bowl game in years. Sebastian is currently the director of football nutrition at Stanford University. He is passionate about educating future sports dietitians, innovating into the future of the field, and supporting the development of world-class athletes. He is interested in scaling individualized nutrition recommendations to optimize athlete nutrition. Let's jump in and let's meet Seb. 
Hey, Seb, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz, what's up? Nothing much. Just um, came off of the CPSDA annual virtual conference. Oh, How yeah. about you? Same, same. No, I loved it. Thanks for having me on. I've been listening to uh, the uh, Sports RD snippets, almost every single one, and I'm a huge fan, and I'm a little nervous coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank no, I'm you. excited to have you. It's nice to know that you're a fan because it's it's easier to bring someone on when I know that they're listening too. So thanks for your support. I definitely appreciate it. So I'm starting this new thing where I'm having my guests set the scene. So tell everyone where you are, what you're doing, what your day's like, and just kind of set the scene for everyone. Okay, sure. So uh, we just we just finished our, uh, I'm at University of Stanford. I'm the director of football, uh, sports nutrition. So we just finished our spring ball which thank goodness we didn't have a, a single sort of catastrophic injury the whole time. So huge win. So everyone's pretty thrilled about that, but the guys are, are have left to go home for the most part and they're finishing up their quarter remotely. So it's, it's actually really quiet. Uh, timing wise worked out perfect. Um, so my days right now are, we're basically just filled with the, the CPA state conference, just watching those taking notes um, and doing some consults and basically preparing. I, I leave, uh, for vacation actually tomorrow. So I'm getting married. I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm getting yes. married. Fifth. Very excited. You'll be married when this comes out. Nice. Oh, perfect. Great news. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I know it's like crazy that we actually like have some downtime because I feel like this whole past year has just been like, I don't even know what date is still, but there's, you kind of know what's going on or you're like, what do we do at this time? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, it's been the first kind of like breath of air, um, in yeah. over a year, kind of knowing at least what I'm doing for the next three weeks, hopefully, um, yeah. is, is bizarre. Like not having kind of the whole table flipped over every yeah. other week. And you can travel. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I know it's, that's going to be weird in itself. And just having that many people in one place is going to be bizarre, but yeah, be it's fun. like, it's like life's going back to normal. I don't think anyone hates it. So I'm all, I'm all for it. I am all for it. So I'd like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. So I think I met you at um, CPSDA annual conference in Scottsdale. Uh, I think right? so. I, I'm trying to remember. We might have been to, uh, it might have been in Knoxville, actually. At the, You're right. Was that, was that Knoxville? How did I yeah. forget? Yes. Because boot camp, Knoxville, Tennessee. We, I think we got Indian food with Emily one time. Well, that's what I was just, I actually totally forgot, even though that I interviewed Emily and that's exactly what I said, but I'm like, I feel like I've known <laughs> you for so many years for some reason, but you're right because we met at the boot camp, and then I saw you again, probably at the annual conference, you were mm -hmm. starting SNP and I just finished SNP. Um, and then we were recently in the same toolkit group. <laughs> Absolutely. We can't avoid each other. Liz. <laughs> just, we're only on module one. So <laughs> we keep everyone I'm, I'm, I'm dipping my toes into module two. Yeah, so we're, getting we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, all right, so let's jump in. Can you take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Absolutely. All right. So, so started off um, undergrad. Um, originally was kind of going down the, the pre-med route. Well, actually, originally I went, so I went to Cal Poly, uh, St. Louis Obispo, shout out to the Central Coast. Um, thought I was going to be a chef. I was sort of playing lacrosse. I was working about 30 hours a week uh, in the kitchen as a, as a chef's assistant and sort of trying to do classes at the same time, like completely burned out on being a chef and was like, wow, after, after sort of panning bacon for, for three hours straight, I was like, I would pay the $8 an hour that I was making to not do this anymore. So, um, so kind of burnt out on that, decided to go pre-med and then again, kind of saw down the downhill, you know, the seven years down the road, just nonstop school um, and kind of coincided with uh, one of the professors there, Dr. Scott Reeves, 
who was our sports nutrition professor, um, was starting this research project with the men's basketball team at Cal Poly. So he sort of uh, offered myself and uh, one other undergrad and said, hey, we're starting this project with the basketball team. We've got, you know, a, a small amount of funds. We've got a DEXA. We've got a, a, um, we've got a, um, a metabolic cart. We've got very little besides that, besides a computer and some Isha diet software. And like between these three things, like what do you think you can do and the three of us kind of put our heads together and we created a kind of a sports nutrition quote department, not really a department, but the project that kind of still exists today and has grown significantly since. But we basically took three-day recalls, took DEXA data, took metabolic cart, put them together, um, sort of counseled under his oversight. And the basketball team that, that first year, my junior year that we did it, um, ended up, or senior year, ended up making the NCAA tournament for the first time um, wow. in school history. So it was like, kind of the, the planets aligned, um, the guys sort of lost uh, two pounds of body fat, gained two pounds of lean mass sort of in season, which was crazy for a basketball team. And it was like, this is it, you know, combine all my loves of science, of, of cooking and, and of sports all into one. And I was like, this is, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. So I uh, decided to kind of shift gears a little bit, do apply for the dietetic internship, applied to uh, not very many, but Ohio State was one of them. It was just kind of a long shot. You know, I didn't have, um, you know, that great of a resume, but had a lot of really good experience with Cal Poly and what we'd done there. So got accepted uh, and to, went to Ohio State. So out of, I think it was just two people that got, that got accepted to that program at the time for the sports nutrition concentration. Um, and the second person was Emily, uh, Emily Dankers at the time. So it worked out really well. We made it about two months before we started dating um, in, you know, after football training camp, of course, but um, yeah, kind of the, the rest is history there, but, but kind of going back to Ohio state. Uh, yeah. So started with training camp, they kind of threw us in right, right when we showed up uh, and it was the first time really seeing, you know, what does a division one high level division one sports nutrition department look like? Um, and it was completely different. Like we had no idea I had no idea coming from Cal Poly, like what it actually looks like at that level. And it was really cool kind of seeing the difference. And, you know, when you do have the resources available, like what, you know, the amount of food that you can provide, I think I gained eight pounds during training camp because it was just food available 24 seven. Um, and of course you got to try it all, you know, when you're not in college kid, you're not used to that. But so Ohio State was great. It was under Sean McMichael there for the football team. Um, he pushed us really hard. I loved it. We ended up uh, working our, our way into assistant sort of paid assistant positions that second year um, at Ohio State, which was, which was again, another a little bit more added responsibility. And we were just able to kind of learn and grow continuously there. Um, from Ohio State, after two years there, you know, we were like, oh, we'd never, you know, we're gonna get jobs right afterwards. And I'll probably talk about this later of the advice that I would give my previous self. But um, we thought we were hot stuff kind of coming out of Ohio State because they, they had won a national championship two years prior. And we were like, oh, we know everything. Uh, lo and behold, you know, nobody wanted us for to give us a job kind of right out of college. So applied to the SNPs um, and got really, really lucky once again. Got a SNP with the Chicago Bears under Jen Gibson. So kind of picked up shop and moved everything to Chicago. And, and Emily actually, I mean, you guys already know this because she was on the podcast earlier, but she got a, a, a job with the Chicago Cubs minor league team. So it was work. We kind of both went, uh, I went to Chicago. She went to Eugene, Oregon with the minor league team. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal experience uh, in Chicago, like really kind of similar vein um, as Ohio State, where just how, you know, what is the most challenging thing 
that I can do. And that's kind of how I made my decision of kind of where to go next. I mean, you get matched, but you know, as much as kind of where you rank people and stuff like that, I was like, what makes me the most uncomfortable? And at the time, you know, I was not a great uh, researcher. I didn't really have the attention to detail or the focus to kind of look, look and dive into that. If you know Jen Gibson at all, she's, she's incredible with the research. So I was like, man, I am, you know, this is going to be really tough, but um, I know I will come out of this on the other side better than I, than I am going in. Um, so just kind of threw myself into the deep end there. Uh, learned just, you know, the amount of stuff that was crammed into those months uh, in Chicago was really incredible. To be able to see what a program can be at, at that level um, at the NFL and just the, the professional that Jen is uh, was awesome. And definitely kind of, you know, I was pretty arrogant, you know, to be honest, I was pretty arrogant coming out of Ohio State, as I alluded to earlier. So that was, I was no longer that. I was definitely humbled after my time in Chicago, which is exactly what I needed. Um, and yeah, so after that time, I applied to a couple different places, got accepted uh, or took the position at University of Illinois with the football team and a few other positions there. Um, and that was the, the director is, Br is Brittany Perry, who's still there. She's awesome. Thank you, Brittany, for taking a shot. Um, and yeah, just was there for two years, worked my way up after the first year into sort of an assistant director's role still working with football. And yeah, Illinois was great. It was really kind of a, a, a unique opportunity to have sort of the, the, the Big Ten resources, so to speak, and to really kind of try to apply as much of, of what I learned at Ohio State and Chicago to a collegiate model where there was definitely some growing pains, uh, as you can imagine, associated with that. But um, yeah, really great opportunity to kind of learn and grow uh, through those two years there. And yeah, after that, um, you know, Champagne was, was great, but we kind of were still kind of looking to see Emily, you know, at the time was like looking to see if she can get a little bit more sunshine, a little more stuff to do. So we uh, ended up, the, the position opened up every time I came home, I'd always kind of make my rounds and stop at UC Berkeley, stop at Stanford, stop at uh, Jordan Mazur with the Niners and just kind of pop ahead and say hello and kind of keep that network strong. And eventually uh, Kristen Gravani reached out from Stanford and said, hey, we're creating a uh, director of football position at Stanford University, would you be interested? And uh, yeah, applied. We were actually at our um, bowl game at Illinois. We were at the Red Box Bowl, which happened to be in San Francisco, California. So it actually like, again, stars aligned, got really lucky and was able to, with Emily there with me, kind of like go look around Stanford and look around the campus and the area. And yeah, kind of picked it up and moved. Um, I'm originally from Berkeley, California. So it was, it was really nice. It was a nice homecoming um, after being in the Midwest for five years. Um, and yeah, I moved, of course, you know, the timing was perfect. I moved uh, right <laughs> yeah. at the middle of March, right when a, you know, a certain COVID thing was happening for the first time and everything was shutting down. And my, my dad is, uh, he's, he's an Austrian immigrant, so he's very blunt. Um, and he's like, oh, well, you know, make sure you still have a job by the time you move over and get there. And I'm like, oh my God, dad, like, oh, that God, is not what you want to hear. Yeah, but seriously, and I was like calling like, hey, just making sure like this position is still there, right? And they're like, yeah, no, come on down. Yeah, so definitely pretty hectic. Uh, you know, we drove across the country and then, you know, I basically worked from home for uh, two or three months. Um, but yeah, so that's, you know, and then COVID, and I'm sure we, we'll probably get into that, but all the COVID stuff. And then, and then now I'm here, finally, you know here loving it uh, in the Bay Area with family and friends close by 20 minutes away from my brother 
you know, 45 minutes away from my family for the first time. It's, it's been really nice. Yeah. You can't be living near family. I mean, there's nothing better than living near family. Yeah. If you asked me two years ago, if that was important. I would have been like, nah, but after experiencing it, I think it's, that's one of the, probably the biggest things I've learned after moving back is like, oh my God, this is, this matters, you know, living close to family and, and having that availability. Um, I just didn't have that for five years and didn't really think twice, but it's been really nice kind of being back and being close. Yeah, no, I remember just, you know, coming up to UConn, like before that, I only associated sports nutrition with like being far away from home because all my experiences weren't near home. And then when I was, I remember I went on my interview and I drove like two and a half hours to Cape Cod after, and I was like, it just felt so weird. I was like, these two can go together. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you don't realize how nice it is to live near family. And I know it's, it's much harder to do, but hopefully as more jobs kind of open up, people can, I know it's hard to be picky, but it's nice to find a place where you want to stay. And yeah, absolutely. Is a, is a priority, at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, again, got really lucky. Like, I think, especially starting out, like, you could have put me in Alaska and I probably would have went, I don't know, Emily wouldn't have followed me, but Alaska. I would, you know, wherever the job, gone. yeah, wherever the job took me uh, those first couple of years, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Get your foot in the gone. door and then try to move towards your family. Absolutely. Like build, build it up a little bit and then, and then see what happens. And, you know, you can, you can always be patient. Yes. Wait for the right timing for sure. Um, so can you go back to how you were talking about, um, applying to the bears working with Jen? I know exactly what you're talking about. Cause I remember when I was applying for SNP, it was like researcher or like science or, or exercise fizz oriented of a rotation. Yeah, sports science. Yeah. And it's super funny because not like I'm an optimistic person or not, but I remember looking at that site and I don't think at the time pro football was even like my path, but I remember being like, oh, that's not my strength. So I shouldn't apply there. But can you just talk about why you felt or why it's so good to feel uncomfortable and kind of go for that? Because I really like that mentality, but that just never crossed my mind of like, what could make me feel uncomfortable? You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I found, I mean, again, it's not necessarily where you're going to be the happiest, so to speak. Like I, I usually don't make my decisions on like, oh, I'm going to be the happiest here. Um, at least, especially starting out, I was like, what is going to, what do I need professionally um, to grow, to be where I want to be? And, you know, is, where's the best place? What is the hottest fire that I can put myself in? That's going to basically sort of, you know, with a, with a hammer blacksmith, like forge me into what I need to be, what are my weaknesses? Um, and how can I turn those into strengths? And, and that's kind of like talking to Jen, I was just like, oh man, I'm in trouble, but this is, it's kind of like what I needed. And I was like, yep, I'm, I'm definitely doing that. That one scares me the most. So I'm going to go there. Um, Cause that's always been kind of, you know, going to Ohio state was kind of a shot in the dark. I've never, you know, I'd never really lived, uh, you know, that far away. And it was just kind of, if I can do that, you know, I got better faster being at other places. And that's, I've, I've kind of been obsessed with that as well. Just kind of what's the fastest and most effective way I can, I can spend my time to get better and, and speed of that rate of development and kind of jumping in the deep end uh, with really great mentors that, that care a lot um, has kind of been the way to do that in my experience. I love that. Yeah. Find, find how you can like be uncomfortable and like learn the most. So, I mean, I don't know if I wish I would have told my younger Artie self to look at that post differently, but yeah. it's just so funny. It just wasn't the way I looked at it, but yeah. Like how can you gain those skills that you don't feel comfortable with? So mm -hmm. I just think that's super interesting. 
What about coming from, you know, Ohio State, then SNP with the Bears, and then going back to collegiate? What, what would you say are the biggest differences from pro to collegiate? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say at face value, uh, the biggest differences are definitely kind of the number of athletes that you have um, and kind of the level of focus that you can give those athletes. Um, in, in college, depending on, on your location and your organization, you might have anything from on the low end, like 90 to 135 athletes we had around them um, at Ohio State. So versus in, in, in professional, you might have 90 at the start of, of training camp, but then you get down to 63 in season. So and, you know, the level of focus is a lot different. You know, if a guy's been in the league for 10 years, he might not need the sort of really intense uh, focus and attention that a rookie would need or that a freshman in college who's never, who's eaten one meal a day his entire life would need. So there, there's kind of, um, you're able to kind of dive in a lot more in the, in the NFL setting because you just have a lot less athletes, uh, which is really nice. Because again, that's that's kind of they're making all the money, and you're there to kind of service them as, as best you can and optimize their their uh, their nutrition. And you're, not that you're doing the same at college; you just have a lot more plates that you're spinning. Yeah. What about was there something that you brought from the Bears to Illinois that was kind of like this is not like this is cool. This is from the pro level, but just something that really enhanced the collegiate setting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, this is you're going to hear part of my recruiting pitch to parents and stuff when they show up, but it's, yeah. but it's, I mean, that, that's a big aspect of it is, is some collegiate uh, programs and departments, you're very much like you're, you know, they'll take you as you are, and then you're going to form and they're going to mold you to be this certain college athlete. And in, in the pros, you get such a variety of like super talented athletes and, and it's your job to optimize them to be the best athlete they can be independent of, of kind of, um, of a certain mold or dynamic, like your, your strengths of the team kind of change. And that, and that happens in college as well. But um, in college, that's kind of one of the things I really brought was how do we individualize the attention and not necessarily cater to each and every athlete, but make sure that, you know, each guy has, has needs that are met at a really high level individually, regardless of where they're at on the, you know, the foods that they like spectrum, the, you know, intellectual spectrum, like how can I really get to know each and every guy and and give them exactly what, what they need at a really high level. So like elite nutrition at the collegiate level because you've seen it in a way. Exactly, yeah. Like that kind of really personalized, individualized attention um, was was something I tried to bring back as much as I can. That's a good uh, recruiting speech to the parents. And I worked with the Chicago Bears. If you want to come here, I don't know, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So. Seb, like you said earlier, you started your job. Was it March 2020 exactly that you got the job or what was? What it was, was yeah, it was sort of, a, I had accepted uh, beginning of March, maybe end of February. And oh, so then, before COVID, okay. Right before. And then it was oh. like, oh, some things were starting to happen. And then you know, a couple <laughs> people in the building were like, oh, it's, it's, it's like the flu, no big deal. And I'm like, oh, okay, sounds good. And then, and then as we're like, oh, it's my last week. It's like the NBA shut down that week. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what have I done? What am I Are you freaking myself? out? Were you like freaking out? I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> until again, like I said, my dad was like, all right, make sure you still have a job. And I'm like, you're saying that way too casually. Like, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, yeah, some freaking out definitely occurred uh, after that. And when we were packing up and just everything was shutting down, you know, we had a strength coach go like, I don't know if they're going to shut down the roads, like out of town. And I'm like, oh my God, like panicking but we, we ended up making it making it out and, and driving across the country it was it was a ghost town like the whole way we were driving 
um yeah really interesting time to move and interesting time to be like looking for houses too like it was I mean so you've been there for a full year which is also bizarre to -hmm. think most of your experience has been in COVID I mean what I know you probably don't know much different but what was that transition like and is there anything that you kind of learned about yourself during that I hate the word unprecedented I think we're also (laughs) I know that's the the buzzword buzzword. I was sick of that word but during this unprecedented time. <laughs> Resilience is the next one coming up, so get ready. No, um, yeah, I was, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. It was all, so I was all remote for the first two months um, completely, and that was really challenging because, uh, I mean, as any football and really any dietitian that's working in sports knows, like, you kind of have to put in FaceTime first, and it's, like, not FaceTime the app, but actual, like, being there in person and seeing them at workouts and having them see you. And it was very bizarre, you know, meeting with athletes that I'd never met before and just setting up a Zoom. And, you know, thank goodness it's it's Stanford of all places. And like these kids are are absolute geniuses. So that helped because they were they were really searching for uh, searching for the service that, that I was bringing. They didn't really have uh, much of a nutrition presence uh, right before I showed up. So it was great to, to kind of come in and, and, you know, introduce myself and kind of go from there. But it was interesting. I ended up having Zooms with the entire roster start to finish um, over those two two months. And I was like, well, this is how I'm gonna spend my time doing. And, you know, just got a, a, a priority list from the strength staff and from the coaching staff, and then just started working my way down and getting to know all the guys. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, and the other transition, I, I guess, I mean, I guess we could go into kind of COVID and into the season. I was gonna say you your season go start. Yeah, bring us to like, okay, March, you did all the Zooms, then like, okay. Are you like back in the weight room and they're like, we're going to wait yeah. December to play. Like what's the situation? Got it. All right. We're, we're going to walk through the timeline here. So, so March and April, we're completely remote. Um, part of June was as well, sort of end of June. And we're starting to plan to get back. And I'm, I'm planning sort of fueling um, in facilities that I'm not allowed to show up at yet. Like we, we like, like we live close to campus. Uh, so I'm like biking around like, okay, so this is the field. Like this is the, this is the outdoor weight room that we're going to try to use. And like, I've never seen these places before. So I'm trying to like, okay, where am I going to put my pre-fuel, my post, my during, like what is exactly the setup? So I'm, it was interesting to say the least. And I'm like, I just know I'm going to have to change quite a bit once we actually start up and running. Um, so we, we started up and, and uh, humbling to say the least coming from Illinois. I mean, God bless us. We had, I think about 20 students helping with football, uh, along with sort of a fellow and myself. So we had just so many hands and so many bodies and because of, of COVID and how intense, uh, intensely regulated it is at Stanford, uh, and Santa Clara County in California in general, it was myself. It was just myself. And I'm, you know, there at four 30 in the morning, scooping ice into boats and getting everything stocked moving everything around because uh, we had to do, I think, six different workout groups to keep the, the numbers small. Um, really interesting, really humbling and, and definitely challenging kind of doing uh, basically the, the work of a full nutrition, football nutrition department, like completely solo. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, you know, this is the first time being in person with the guys. Like, I want to make sure that they're getting the best possible service. And of course, you know, overextended myself like crazy. Um, to try and do that and try to give them the same level of service that, you know, I was used to at Illinois and Ohio State and, and Chicago to try to give them that, that level. So doing that solo was pretty tough. Um, so that we did that for a couple months of this summer training and we had the fires and we had the season getting canceled and workouts being canceled because of smoke and like all this crazy curveballs kind of coming back and forth. But then we were finally allowed to play the season 
uh, which was a huge relief to finally get in there and and uh, and actually see kind of the benefit of of doing all the work that the guys have been doing all summer, um, and me just like schlepping these these boats and restocking you know every pallet that showed up and all that stuff. So it was really good to finally be in season. Um, we were kind of rolling as, as normal again, uh, like kind of a one man show. It was in you know finally being able to do a little bit more of the the RD level stuff of educating. Uh, it kind of we we got closer to normalcy um in that respect once once the season came around it was a little bit more like all right i know you know what i'm doing here it's less more less about covid more about uh, a normal football season um as albeit as, as late as it was um so yeah we made it kind of pretty normally up until uh december and then santa clara county of course decided to um you know basically cancel not cancel the season but they said no contact sports are allowed in santa clara county uh, we found out on a Sunday and we were on a plane going to Washington state on Monday, the following day. So uh, it was less than 24 hours notice that we found out we kind of, you know, had heard rumors that we might get sort of canceled, so to speak. Um, but yeah, found out on Sunday and then found out where we're going on, on Monday. There was like 10 different locations. We might've gone to, to Texas or Arizona, found out we're going to Washington and we're leaving that day. So I'm calling, you know, trying to call in caterers, calling the hotel, trying to set up meals with like 12 hours notice um, for who knows how long, you know, it could be a week. All we knew we were playing Washington, but we didn't know like, are we staying after that? Um, so we get up there and, and luckily the hotel was, was phenomenal. Um, and we were able to kind of pull it off, uh, but it was, it was really interesting. Kind of going from life as as normal as normal as COVID can be while we're here at Stanford to you know 140 people on the road football team that's that's still training that's still practicing that's still playing games and it was like all right like we need meals we need four meals a day we need snacks we need all the beverages all the water all the Gatorade I was responsible for every single thing everyone in the party ate and drank for 21 straight days with like you know. 24 hours notice uh, from that Sunday to Monday. So very challenging, very, uh, a lot of, a lot of good times. I think we were in five different locations. Uh, usually I had a little bit more than 24 hours notice for the kind of the later locations, but um, the hotels we work with were, were really understanding and amazing on such a tight timeline to get things turned around. And uh, yeah, it was pretty bizarre. We did, you know, pregame meals were grab and go uh, because things were so strict, like just guys, filling up their bags and, and bringing them, eating, eating them in the hotel rooms by themselves. Like I couldn't believe it, uh, but it was just kind of the, what we had to do at the time to kind of minimize the, those high risk exposures and all that, but um, pretty crazy. Looking forward to your three week vacation. I mean, I think it's well-deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of, yeah, to answer anything I learned over, over that, that, uh, that period and that madness, I think I learned really how to be creative um, there was a place, uh, we were staying at a, uh, was a Hilton Garden Inn in Corvallis, Oregon. Shout out to the Hilton Garden Inn, did a great job. Um, but the, the sort of smaller hotel, I think we had about, we had like 80 or 90% of the rooms were all the football team and they couldn't handle, uh, the meals by themselves. So we were doing, um, we were bringing in the entrees from a, from a catering company and the desserts from a bakery and the side dishes from from the hotel themselves and like other people were doing beverages like we just had this like frankenstein abomination uh of, for every single meal to try to like get the best possible options um and and made it work yeah and made it work so learn how to be really creative with on a really short notice with 
you know, a changing schedule and the needs that we had. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the experience. Would not do it again, would not recommend. Yeah, I was gonna say, wouldn't do it again. I have to say like how you're saying, it was so humbling a few times. And I think like just thinking of this past year, I'm sure a lot of us have had to put on hats that, you know, not like we didn't sign up for, but I think what has been kind of, I don't wanna say cool, that's the wrong word, but I think it's not just us, like everyone in athletics was putting on hats that we've never put on before. And it, it almost brought everyone closer together in the sense, cause it was actually the first time that maybe no one actually had the answer and we were all kind of like bonded together. So I feel like that humbling, like just stocking fridge, like things we've never done before. It was like humbling doing them because it was for a bigger cause than what it would mean otherwise. You know, like we knew oh, yeah. it wasn't forever, but it was, it was how can we help our student athletes and, and give the best service we can within our resources. And I thought, I don't know, I think that's like really empowering for our industry and just really cool. Absolutely. And, and kind of being the, the essential employees, so to speak, that we were like, it was cool to be, I mean, having that level of responsibility, which we, we normally have, but then, you know, you got to get it done by any means necessary. Um, you know, these guys need to eat, the, these people need to eat and these, you know, they need water, they need Gatorade, like you find a way to kind of get everything done. It was, it was really cool. Definitely bonded probably a lot more than I would have normally uh, with the rest of the staff, just, just going through everything that we did. Yeah. I was going to say like, just doing those like tasks, it probably just helped with buy-in and just relationships because you're there. I mean, clearly you're there all the time, but you're doing all these things and people probably respected you from, you know, showing up and doing like the work that, you know, you didn't initially sign up for. Yeah. But, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's, I keep on saying humbling and it was, it was really nice to kind of go back from scratch and be like, all right, you got, you've got a one person football nutrition department, like, okay, now when you finally do decide to grow it, you know, or are able to grow it, given the resources, like, okay, like you fully understand, you know, what exactly you're asking all these people to do, um, you know, having done it very recently and stuff like that. So you it was- tell them to watch your um, take, is that takeover still there that you guys did a few years ago for Illinois football? I mean, that was so intense, like of, of the services you guys provide. I mean, you can just show them that. Yeah, like, this, this is what this we're is trying what to get like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're trying to, yeah, get back to something close to that and then go beyond is, is the goal, but. We're, we're definitely taking steps there. And I think exactly kind of showing administration that the flip side of showing that you can do it, you know, a lot of stuff with one person, but showing, you know, Hey, there's, there's a lot of benefit and you're getting the most bang for your buck, um, you know, with, with dietitians and what we, what we're able to do with, with the time and resources that we have. Yeah. And speaking of like interns that you had at Illinois, what, what is your advice for interns or students that want to get into working with football? I think sometimes, Maybe people think it's really glamorous, but what in some of it definitely is, but any behind the scenes or just like a day in the life or just something a student or early professional should know before they charge on in, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say a huge, huge disclaimer before I dive into the differences and between normal and, and kind of what it is, but every, every team and every department um, is very different. The expectations are, are different from, from the team itself, from the coaches, um, from the department. So it, it, you know, there's some places where it's sort of seven days a week, 20, 24 hours a day, 23 hours a day. And like, they expect that. Um, and then there's some places where it's, you're, you're closer to almost a consultant for football and you're, and you're not required to be at sort of, or you don't, you have the option to not be at sort of the pregame meal, for example, or really, you know, those opportunities that, that are really impactful, but because the expectation is not there, you can kind of pull back a little bit or, you don't travel with the team or you're not on the sideline. 
So because the, the expectations are different, um, every experience is going to be very different as a result. So kind of disclaimer there. Um, but I, I think the, the biggest thing I'd say, if you're, if you're looking to kind of work football, yes, the, the glamour is there. It's almost like the metaphor I like to use, which is like probably not going to relate to nobody, but playing high school football, like you put in way more time than you for like a tiny bit of payout at the end of the week for your games. Like you go through kind of suffer all this misery of practicing and, and film and all this stuff for this payout at the end of the week. And then even though it's only two hours or three hours long, it's like, wow, that was way worth it. Even though, you know, the whole week was just this brutal grind. Um, and, and working with football is similar. I think you work what, what feels like really, I mean, incredibly hard. You do a lot of long hours and really detailed work with, with, with the guys. Um, in order to get to that side, the really glamorous side that people see on the back end of, you know, running out with the team out of the tunnel and being there for the game um, aspect of it. Um, but there's a lot of kind of pressure and a lot of expectations that comes with that on the front end. So ma making sure that it's a really good fit, I think is, is really important. Um, you know, are you someone who's really competitive? Um, are you okay with kind of you know, I, I hate using the word grind, but you know, the, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of got a bad connotation, but kind of doing what, what needs to be done in the moment. Like, you know, I remember cleaning moldy fridges, uh, you know, not, not at Stanford or Illinois, but other places um, <laughs> where, you know, you kind of do whatever you need to do and you do it without, you know, thinking twice um, to kind of, you know, this needs to get done, then be the person that needs to, that, that gets it done and, and being able to execute really at a high level on the tasks and the responsibilities that you're given, uh, I think is a really good way to kind of show uh, your supervisor that you're ready for that responsibility. You didn't sort of squander that responsibility um, and that you're ready for more and kind of can grow as a professional as a result. Like doing those little things really well to, to oh, get yeah. that big picture. Oh yeah, yeah, because I think the, I mean, you know, being in the position where I'm at now, you know, I'm, you're, you're sort of hesitant anytime you're in a management role, you're, you're kind of carefully, you know, extending, you know, an opportunity like, hey, you know, work on this, uh, you know, poster for the fueling for the fueling station or something, or we're developing, you know, omega three resources, like take a stab at it, or, you know, interact with the guys post practice handing out shakes and recovery and like, how do you interact with them? Like these things are all, they kind of sound like just tasks that, that an individual is given, but you're kind of extending your credibility by allowing them to do that. Um, and that comes with a lot of uh, responsibility, I think, from both the manager's side of, of making sure that that individual is prepared for it and you're not just throwing them in the deep end and they're going to drown. Um, but a lot of responsibility from the intern's end as well by you know taking that, even if it sounds small, but like what is the absolute best job that I can do on this, you know, 100% my best work before turning it around and, and showing it to whoever's going to assess it. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up like the small task because we were talking about one of the networking group networking groups within the conference. Um, one of the attendees was saying, you know, just stocking fridges, it might feel like you're just stocking fridges. But when an athlete comes by and asks you a question because you're stocking a fridge, like, that's what it's about. You know, and when you're younger, it's really hard to like see that. Um, and you're not going to be stocking fridges forever, but like take pride in the little things because there's more to it. Just like standing behind a fueling station. It's not just like a snack shop. You're delivering a service of like high quality and education. But I know it's harder for students to kind of see that when you start for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's something that's kind of helped me when I was in those positions coming up was like, okay, what is, what is, can I add any more value to this, you know, department to this, this day? Like what, how can I add more value to this, this, uh, you know, say we're in the fueling station, like, is there more education that I think is missing um, that we could do, you know, always trying to see, you know, is there another way that we can kind of add value? Cause that's, those are things that make you stand out. I think as an intern, um, as a fellow kind of coming up is, is, you know, everyone, everyone does what they're told, so to speak. Like there's no one, I mean, hopefully that's just like, oh, I'm not going not gonna to do that. Um, but everyone does what you're told. So how can you, how can you go sort of that above and beyond and, and add value to the organization where if, if it wasn't you, if it was someone else, what would they be missing out on? I think being able to, to communicate that and execute those items um, has been really uh, imperative, I think, at least in my career coming up. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the one thing students don't realize that they can do or that makes them stand out is, yes, you can do everything well that your um, you know, supervisor provides you or assigns you. But when you reach out and say, hey, what else can I do? What else can I help you with? They don't forget that. Even if there's nothing to that you can help out with, I'll remember who asked. Um, I mean, only ask if you actually have time to take on these projects. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think sometimes you just think it just is what it is, but you can always reach out and, and see what else you can um, kind of do there. Did you, did you know you wanted to do a football only position? Because nowadays, I don't know how common it was maybe like four or five years ago, but now like, you know, there's football only, or you could do Olympic or maybe some basketball. Did you know right away? Uh, yeah, I think after after working at Ohio State with Sean, and then especially after working with Jen at in, at the Bears, like it was it just something clicked where the the level of of commitment that I wanted to give to work was matched by the level of commitment from the players and from the coaches. Like I just kind of fell in love with like everyone is pushing on all cylinders to succeed for this team, like everything for the team, the athletes, you know, suffering through workouts for the team, coaches long hours for the team. And it's just like, I just got enamored by, um, you know, I care that much about nutrition and optimizing nutrition for the athletes and providing for them. Like it was just a perfect fit for, for the intensity that I, that I like to have, um, for what I do. It was with football and, uh, yeah. And, and it kind of, the, the flip side of that was like, you know, football usually, especially at Ohio State, like got the resources and we were able to dive, get to a lot further depth um, in the practice that you can't necessarily, well, I mean, through my experience at Illinois, you just can't do that when you have uh, multiple teams because you just don't have the time, you know, there's always, if, you, if you're not diving in um, as much with one team, there's other teams that you need to service. There's other consults, team educations that you have to do, which are all awesome, you know, and you're able to take things away to, to kind of build your practice. But yeah, no, I love kind of trying to dig out more and more depth um, with one team. And I think that's, that's really tough to do with, with multiple. So that's kind of why I was pursuing football uh, for the most part. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. Cause I always wonder, because I remember when I was kind of looking for jobs, um, I was like, I don't like, if I just do football only, I feel like I'll be like stuck, but it's interesting hearing like the all in, because like you're saying, it's you're with one sport and you can really dial in. And I was more concerned about like, I really want a variety because I didn't want, but when you ask for variety, you get a variety of, you know, you can't be all in in a way, but um, I don't know. I think it's interesting because I know so many people coming up, there's so many different options now of different types of sports RDs. And, you know, it's kind of crazy too, that we all don't have like the same expertise, which is great, but also maybe some, 
maybe Siri. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very, it's very different. And that's why like kind of my disclaimer earlier, like every department and each of these expectations are, are really different. And that's where you really have to do, um, I mean, some advice for, for individuals looking for jobs, like you really have to do your homework before you ever show up for an interview. Like you have to know really well, as best you can, like, is this potentially going to be a good fit for my personality, for how I want to live my life, um, you know, with this organization and, and with this athletics department. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I Very think different. people don't realize, like you're saying, that every athletic department, whether it's football or not, is so different. And the experience you have at one school might be, to I mean, it is going to be totally different. There might be some similarities, but I guess if you're in a situation that you're like, I don't know what's going on, I don't like it, like just know that there's something else out there in sports nutrition that will likely fit, you know, your needs. But like you're saying, you got to do the research and and not just say yes to the first thing because it was the first thing or something. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, you definitely don't know until you experience it. Like you don't know what, what you like or don't like until you, you really dive in and try it out. Like there's nothing wrong. Honestly, it's, it's probably for the best sometimes when you find something that you really don't like, cause it's like, yes. okay, I know I, I'm not going to do that moving forward. Oh, <laughs> it's such a blessing. If you're miserable it right is. now, just, just enjoy it. <laughs> you should. Yeah. Learn, learn from it. And honestly, it's, it's kind of a relief because then, you know, I know I'm not going to do this forever. And I know there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot on the other side. I'm not going to do this forever. There's some really, really valuable things that I'm learning um, during this time that, I, that are going to help me help my, not just myself, like, you know, the staff, the, the athletes that you work with um, kind of moving forward. You're learning some hard lessons, but it's, it's good. Yeah. Every experience is good experience. They're not kidding when they say that. Absolutely. Either win or you learn. Oh, is that a thing? Oh yeah. Oh, no, I know. All right. Okay. On to the million dollar question. Do you have a cringe worthy sports RD experience that you look back and are like, Oh, why did I do that? Yeah, this was, this was a, uh, was a tough one. I actually have, yeah, a pretty recent one that that's, that's Ooh. absolutely horrifying. Um, <laughs> I'm that share was like, I was like, I don't even want to want to bring this up because of how, how bad this is. But um, so we, we, so I was talking about the, the 21 day road trip. And so day, let's see day 17 through 20 we are we're in Santa Barbara it was like such a bone that that was thrown to our team we're staying at this resort in Santa Barbara I was like going runs on the beach and stuff like that it was amazing and then we do our pregame meal in in LA which was like the hotbed of COVID at the time we, we were going down there so so we're driving down and, and sort of we've I've communicated with the chefs we're all set for the pregame meal they're like yeah no we're ready to go the, the DFO director of ops is, is talking to her contact there. We're, we're in these buses driving down like 15 or not 15, 10 buses. And I'm like, all right, it's going to be awesome. We're going to show up pregame meal snacked. Uh, and then, and then we play the next day. Um, and we show up and, you know, we're, cause we're calling like, okay, yep. All set. Dinner's all set, ready to go. Sounds good. Awesome. Um, we show up, we come up and you know, I'm helping sort of unpack uh, some of the stuff that we were bringing ahead. And, and the DFO is up there and she's just looking at me and she goes, Oh my God. And so I was like, Oh my, so I walk up where the, the whole team is standing outside these doors that our team meal is supposed to be oh. in. And she's like, you got to look inside. And I, I go inside and I kid you not, there was, there was two guys in there. 0% of the food was set up. And one of the guys was limping around uh, because he had sprained his ankle that day. Apparently they had five out of the seven people that were supposed to be setting up the dinner call out sick that day from COVID and didn't tell us. So 
basically the person who was saying, yeah, we're all set on the phone, never actually talked to the back of the house. And we did not have food for an hour and a half after the guys had arrived, like slowly start stuff. And I'm running downstairs, you know, picking up whatever they can bring and bringing it upstairs. And like for a football pregame meal, it was like so far beyond painful and like the, the worst thing that I've ever experienced uh, from that side. Cause like people get fired for, for way less than that um, in our field. And it was just like the worst case scenario of just no food being available the night before a game. Um, and this hotel, I just, yeah, they just really dropped the ball. And I guess, you know, at the time we, we dropped the ball for, for trusting our contact there, but uh, we ended up making it work. I actually had to call Chipotle, like two Chipotles in the area, called Chick-fil-A in the area just to get food as quickly as possible uh, so that the guys could eat something before the game the next day. But oh, by far and away, kind of the cringiest. And what a way to finish like a 21 day road trip of where things had gone, you know, knock on wood, like super smoothly up until that point, all things considered. And then we just got hit by a bus um, pretty much like right on the last night that we were staying there. And it was like, uh, it was, that was the most definitely cringeworthy Oh my uh, experience I think I've ever had uh you know kind of leading up to that it was it was it was painful I almost didn't want to bring it up because it was like it was that painful to kind of relive that but oh, wow. it ended up working out that's so. a tough one because it was like almost out of your control but it was like you know it's it, your, but it's not okay yeah that, you know. and you're ultimately responsible I think that's the yeah. I mean at least whether you are or not likely I mean our, our head coach is incredibly reasonable and like totally understood the situation he was like oh like they you know, people were out of COVID and they just didn't tell anyone. They said everything was okay. Like, I mean, our, myself and the DFO were losing our minds. Um, but yeah, it's, it was. Sorry, I'm making you bring up like really painful memories. <laughs> okay. I was like, I blacked this out of my memory. I've destroyed this. Oh um, but we you know we ended up, uh, we are being all right. We had plenty of uh, burritos and sandwiches and other stuff uh, later that night and ended up winning the next day in, in triple overtime um, against UCLA. Yep. So, but, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm like, Oh my God, if we lose this game in triple overtime because they didn't eat dinner the night before, I was like, oh my God. You know, but we just, you know, for better or for worse, you know, when you're when, when you're a, a team dietitian like that and you're that ingrained with the team, like you are ultimately for you know, regardless of what you're trusting people with your job, like you're expecting, you know, people to execute and you can dot every I and cross every T, but ultimately things can go wrong. And then, you know, how do you react? Um, you know. And the decisions that you make kind of in the heat of the moment uh, have a really big impact and kind of, you know, influence the way that other people work with you as well. Jeez, mine's a little bit lighter, but I'll share my cringy. Let's hear it. I thought it was cringy. Um, one time, I think I was meeting with, I was meeting with different coaches and I like, I can't even say I had an agenda when I, like now I would probably bring an agenda or like I'd have things to talk about. I mean, it's like kind of embarrassing that I just went into a meeting, like, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I used the wrong terminology with, with a team. And like, it wasn't like I met with the basketball coach and said, let's score some goals this year. But like, it was a sport that I'm not going to date the sport that was a little bit more specific. And I probably just was intimidated by the situation and I just said the wrong term and I don't think that like ruined anything but I kind of felt really stupid after and I guess advice to like a younger RD would just be like 
study the little things like not study you didn't have to do like crazy research research for this but like I was saying like when you meet with coaches like bring an agenda learn their language a little learn some lingo is it quarters is it periods is it a halftime are there innings like I know that sounds kind of obvious this was not a sport that was like a simple sport but I think it's those little things that like people might know that you weren't prepared or like you don't absolutely you know and that's probably the tough thing with working with so many sports that you get stuck because you're like a little general because you, you, it's hard to be specific when you're responsible so, for so much. Absolutely. But those, those little details make such a big difference. It's like, I mean, when you're, if you're going abroad and you like learn like the first couple sentences in French or German or whatever, like, you know, they appreciate it. You know, it's like, okay, this person made an effort. Um, I, I usually like kind of related to that. I usually make a quizlet of the entire football players and staff with like their picture, their name, their number, their, their position, and then like where they're from. Cause it's similar idea. It's like, you kind of do the research behind. So when I meet a guy for the first time or, you know, in conversation, I can bring up and kind of talk to him about kind of where they're from a little bit on the front end versus trying to kind of, you know, catch up and make, get that, that connection on the back end. You can do a lot of homework um, beforehand, you know, for administrators, for coaches, for everything to kind of give yourself a leg up. Um, yeah, that's smart about the roster because I remember with football at UNC, like it just it's you know you're it's something you can do behind the scenes, like see you know what year they are, what they look like, and when they come in, you can say something because you know they're from your hometown or just something where you can connect. But I think it's those little things when you're younger, you're not really you're not thinking about it as much. But yeah, <laughs> go with it, have an agenda when you go into a meeting, um, make it personalized to them. But yeah, just know your lingo. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, yeah. and it's it's different. I've definitely had similar experiences. Uh, but yeah, it's it's unique to every university too. Like certain styles are are way more um, appreciated at some universities versus others. And it's like you learn pretty quick. Like oh, okay, this is how meetings are are like here. All right, sounds good. Like, <laughs> but the more preparation you can, uh, better for sure. Yes. All right. What's the best advice you have received in your career up until this point? Yeah. This was, this was hard to kind of pare down uh, to just a few. I've got, I've got a couple, but I'll, I'll try to we can stop whenever we're ready. But uh, one of the ones, uh, one of my, my buddy's uncles, uh, he lives in the, the, the country of Colombia. He was awesome. Um, super random, sorry. But he's got, he had great career advice, which was the first one was, you know, make decisions based on your long-term goal. Like have a really sort of crystallized long-term goal. Maybe it's a five-year, maybe it's a 10-year, maybe 20-year goal. Um, you know, time ignore, but this is what I want to do, you know, with my life, or at least this is the next closest thing that I think I want to do. Um, and then make decisions, you know, big life decisions based on, okay, does this get me closer or further away from that goal? And it kind of cleans things up a little bit. Cause I think innately, you know, if you keep that goal really crystallized um, it, it's, it kind of cleans up as part of that decision-making process for, you know, how exactly how am I going to get there? And who do I need to be as a person to achieve that at, at the end of the day? And that's kind of influences what I talked about earlier, where it's just kind of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations, because it's like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, what kind of a person do I need to be in order to achieve that goal? And, and is that is this next, you know, place that I go going to help give me the traits and the, and the skills that I need to take that next step towards that? I like that, because I think it can be really nerve wracking to make decisions like in your career especially early on but like you're saying it cleans it up thinking okay if I take this position does it 
propelled me towards my goal. Maybe there's other things you'll yeah. have to sacrifice in the meantime, but like you can rest your head on your pillow and fall asleep knowing yeah. that you made a decision that is in line with where you want to spend your time and where you want to be. Absolutely. And that, and that takes a lot of time to figure out, like, that's not something that, you know, you just like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then you just run for it. Like really, you know, take the time to really be self-aware and think about it. Um, and that kind of leads into the second one I have, which is you really want to try to kind of know yourself really, really well. Um, know yourself, know your own kind of rate of development, know how you learn and, and don't compare to other individuals that, that could be even doing the same career that you have and, and are trying to achieve the same goals that you have, but, but know yourself really well. Uh, if, if it takes you twice as long, five times as long to, to learn something or to be, you know, become a master of a certain skill, like that's okay. You know, not everyone is, is talented in the certain, in the same way. And, and uh, you know, just understanding that and knowing, hey, I'm gonna have to work five times as hard to get what I want. That's okay. Just having that that kind of self awareness um, to basically put yourself in the best position, and then you know you're running your own race. Don't worry about everyone else that's next to you. Yeah, I like that. It's a marathon, not a sprint. What yeah, was it? Absolutely. You win some, you learn some. Wait, no. What was it? You, you either win or you learn. <laughs> you win some, you learn. Some. I need. A, I need. A, I'm that gonna, sounds I'm more optimistic the way I said it. Wait, what is it? You win. You, you either win or you learn. Like you don't really lose. You, you definitely you learn when you, you know. I think it's, see now I've got, I think it's Nelson Mandela quote. That's who's popping up on like your it. You either win, you never lose, either you win or you learn. All right, there we go. All right, ready for the rapid fire round? Yes. All right, gushers or fruit by the foot? Fruit by the foot. No yes. Doubt. Right, because it's more of like an activity. Like Yeah, gushers are great. Yeah. yeah, I didn't grow up with gushers. Um, <laughs> fruit might leathers have... or fruit by the foot. Oh, fruit leathers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or fruit by the foot. Craft macaroni and cheese or Annie's? Uh, craft, 100%. Just, okay, me just too. What, They're what, like different foods. What's your favorite like type of shell? Like, do you like the SpongeBob? Do you like three cheese spiral? Oh, that's Regular. a I'm, I, yeah, to be honest, like, you, you mean like the creative shell or just like pasta in general? No, I'm talking about the, sorry, I guess I know Kraft macaroni too well. They have like, uh, different, like those, I'm um, those tiny, those mini noodles, Old Faithful, the original, those. The original, okay. The originals, yeah. This is not sponsored by Kraft, but everyone should try the three cheese shells. That's my favorite. Or spirals yeah, is pretty good. Spirals, okay. What is one small thing a student can do to stand out that another student might not do? Ooh, I'll, I'll say ask, ask for more and then execute would be the first one, like kind of right. ask for a little bit more. Um, and I think honestly, what's more valuable is like use your eyes. Um, and if you see something that you think might be valuable, you know, have a plan for it and bring that plan to your higher up and saying, hey, like I've noticed that we could be a little bit more efficient with this process here, or we've had people ask for this. You know, I've looked into it and here's what I think we can do. Basically a proposal that outlines, you know, no, just be like, hey, you know, what about this? Like, what do we do this? And then have them do the work. Like you do the work on the front end, What's bring that? them something saying like, hey, do you mind if I work that's on this? High level intern, high level student, they're bringing the solution to the table. Not the that's problem. what I'm saying. That's, that's what they got. If you want to stand out, bring the solution to the table. Yes. All right. Last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Actually, fun fact. Tell everyone who your brother is. <laughs> 
Oh God! So I'm hoping to get through this. Entire Sorry, I want everyone to know. It's a fun fact. My my brother is a famous C-list celebrity, Ben Zorn from The Bachelorette, uh, from like seven years ago, and I still can't avoid it in like conversation. Wait, was he the main person? Right? Like he? No, was he was. He, was uh, he made it. Uh, he made it pretty far. He's the seventh to last person kicked off. He was in The Bachelorette. He was on Bachelor in Paradise. He was actually offered a co-bachelor role with Ben H. Some fun fact. And turned it down because he he, he kind of did a good job and I don't know I still kind of give him shit for it but oh my god that's amazing I just love that fun fact it's super funny um, and cool all right last question are you ready ready if you could tell your younger arty self one thing what would you say I would say if I could go back and and tell my younger arty self is is you know you think you're you're really hot stuff but like you don't know the value of experience because you don't have experience like and, but that's okay but that's okay that's okay people hire you for what they see in front of you and what they see on paper like they know that you're you just passed your rd exam two months ago like that's that's okay they're not expecting someone with five years ten years of experience you know they know your first year second year rd and they're hiring you regardless like be comfortable in that know that you're going to make some mistakes along the road um and you know not don't try to be something that you're not kind of out the gate uh because experience is is a lot more valuable than i thought just be patient because it'll it'll come yes that is definitely good advice stay humble and uh, i guess you'll find out quickly if if you think you're hot stuff you'll find out that you're not <laughs> real soon yeah, yeah. And I, you know I, I got another one too um because I, i've got like, yeah let's things. let's hear it but, um, this is this one's actually from uh, from Urban Meyer back in the day, uh, but for like a pregame meal, whatever he would always say, you know, you know, this is su super dramatic, but you know, asking the players to basically rip out their heart and give it to their coach or their mentor, and trust that that individual is going to basically take care of them and give them 100% as well. Like ha having that um, that trust between mentor and mentee, I think is is absolutely essential, and you got to really give 100% on both ends. I think there's a lot of responsibility um, on both ends, and and if you do that, you can you can really grow um, both as a mentor and as a mentee uh, exceptionally fast, and and really learn from each other. So really trust trust the person that you're working under, uh, trust their vision, and you know they'll trust you with with their baby, which is their department and and their teams and stuff like that, and kind of really you know don't take it for granted. Yes. That's amazing. Well, Seb, thanks so much for being on today. It was so fun to have you on. And when you come back, well, I guess you won't come back on the show, but when this comes out, you will be married. Oh yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Liz. This, this is a blast. Um, and for anyone else who, who wants to get in touch, um, you can either shoot me an email, shoot me a text. Um, email is probably the best way to get in touch with me. S-Z-O-R-N at stanford.edu. Um, usually pretty good at reaching out and you know, if, if you need to talk on the phone, talk on the text, whatever, email, happy to help in any way I can. Um, kind of really passionate about mentoring young RDs coming up. Want to really give back after, you know, all the many mentors that I have that took so much out of their days and, and to kind of help me out um, that I really want to give back. So feel free to reach out. There's no question that's too small. Um, email, text, or I guess Instagram as well. Amazing. Now I want to reach out. You seem like the nicest yeah. person ever. <laughs> yeah, we're all here to help. But yeah, thanks, Seb. That's so awesome. I appreciate it. And so great having you. Have a great rest of your week and go celebrate on that three-week vacation. 
Oh yeah, this time tomorrow I'll be on a beach somewhere. So it's going to be nice. Enjoy. Bye, Sam. Thanks a lot, Liz. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another sports RD to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports RD Snippets to see what Sports RD guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening. Hey everyone, I wanted to remind you that this episode was sponsored by Momentus and they are offering 20% off your first purchase of $40 or more when you use the code RDSnippets at checkout. Check out their website and collagen peptides at livemomentous.com and don't forget to use the code RDSnippets for 20% off your first purchase of $40 or more. Thank you all so much for listening and I'll be back in two weeks.